Hello, and welcome back to the Book Marketing Tips and Author Success Podcast. Uh, my name is Penny Sansevieri, and I'm with Amy Cornell. As usual, your host for publishing adventures, all things book marketing. Um, and it's Friday the 16th. I'm super excited. My print book, the print book of um, the Amazon author formula was launched on Valentine's Day on February 14th. We are doing a promo for it. Amy, do you want to talk about what that is? Yeah, this is always a really popular one. So whenever Penny releases a print book, we usually do a BOGO offer, which is really great. So if you buy the print edition, you send us the receipt. When we will put these in the notes, you send us the receipt and you get to give us the email address of a friend or colleague to get a free copy of the electronic edition. So that's the BOGO. Buy one, get one. You get a print copy. We know there are a lot of people that have been waiting for the print copy that we've heard via email on social media. So I think a lot of people are really excited for the print edition to come out, Penny. But just know if you are one of those people that have been waiting, you can get a complimentary copy, electronic copy for a friend. So keep them in mind too. You know, the whole point, author education. So yeah, let's get the books in more hands. Yeah. And coincidentally, that is... um so anyway, so very excited about that, Amy. Thank you so much for running the promo. Author education is the topic of our show today. And I know this is going to sound like a snooze fest. Please stay tuned in because you're going to learn a ton on the show. Um, but I have to start off. I'm sorry. I have really strong feelings about what I'm about to, the rant that I'm about to launch into. So I was on a, uh, I, I love taking class. Like if I could learn all day long, I would learn all day long. I love learning new stuff. And I'm on a class the other day and somebody said, I think it was a panel and somebody asked one of the panelists, how do you market a genre fluid book? And I like, of course I'm on mute because I'm not, you know, I'm listening to this after the fact and everybody's already gone and the event already happened. But I'm yelling at my computer, you don't. There is nothing that you could do for a genre fluid book. I'm sorry, now I'm going to start coughing or something or laughing. It's a problem when you don't have a genre attached to your book. Part of the reason why, and I think I got so wound up that I don't remember. I have to go back and rewind it. I don't remember what they said. But um, part of the challenge you have to pick a genre we've talked about this before um we're not necessarily going to land a lot on genres for this call today you're not allowed to have a book that doesn't fit like one day it's self-help the next day it's mystery and i'm sure this is not what that author meant i think what that author meant with the question and i don't know but i'm just assuming that it actually fit in a variety of different genres that's not a thing Right. I mean, you can have a contemporary romance book that has suspense in it. Then it becomes a romantic suspense book. I mean, anyway, and I mentioned this to, I said this to, I, I sent a text to Amy. I'm like, oh my gosh, somebody just asked about a genre fluid book. And she was like, gender fluid? <laughs> no, genre fluid. Anyway. I know I was stumped. Like, yeah. Okay. 
so that's my rant. And part of why I wanted to mention it on this show is not because this is therapy, but because um, education, you know, it, it is on you, the author, to educate yourself about your market, but also the industry in general. And par- and I know that sounds really boring. Again, please don't turn us off. I promise you'll learn a ton. It's not okay to go into this industry and not know anything about publishing. And I'm not telling you that you need to be an expert in publishing. That is not what I'm saying. But you need to know the basics. And the reason for that is because, you know, a lot of us kind of like, we'll learn as we go, we learn as we go. Learning as you go costs you a lot of money. You can talk to any author who's published a book, didn't know anything and comes back just like, oh my gosh, I spent so much money that I didn't need to. So not only is it to save money, but authors who don't know about the industry also get taken advantage of. And that's why this is such an important conversation to have, right? Um, We know we've talked about before, launching a book is like starting a small business. Um, You would never, I mean, I cited this before in a podcast, and I want to say it was maybe a year ago. We had some guy open up a shop here in my little town, this little town. It really is a little town. We often call it a village. Um, And he didn't research the area. He didn't really, he just sort of opened up a shop and it was kind of a yogurt shop. It wasn't really a yogurt shop. Um, And he was just like, well, I hope people like it. Wow. You must have money to burn. Um, and, and surprisingly, like not even six months later, the little shop was gone. Like he just, like nobody showed up every time I walked by there, nobody was in the shop. Authors do the same thing, but they do, they launch into, you know, and I understand the creativity of writing a book. It's your passion. Like I've written fiction too. Uh, not that nonfiction is less passionate, right? Not that we're less passionate about our nonfiction, but I get it. Um, you just want this book to get out there, but you also want it to get out there in the right way. You want to get get it out there in a way that doesn't cost you a fortune in money that you could have spent elsewhere, but also doesn't cost you a fortune in the fact that somebody took advantage of you because you didn't know your stuff. And I, I talked to a lot of authors, and Amy, you and I have had this conversation too. I talked to a lot of authors who say to me, I didn't know what I didn't know. And, you know, there's always, we always live in the unknowns. Like, I get it. You can't know everything. But I think basic knowledge is important. And Amy, I know you jotted down some notes and we talked about this a little bit when when there, when we were in the green room. Do you want to talk through some of the things that you were kind of, that were sort of top of mind for you? Yeah. And this also, I mean, some of my notes as usual have come from authors that reach out to us, you know, that are looking for marketing support. And I actually communicated with an author very recently that when you talk about taking advantage of Penny, I swear, and we don't operate this way. So this author is in a safe space for sure, but she really, and this was a, she's a professional. She wrote a nonfiction book. The content is solid But I mean, some of the basic questions I had, she was like, I don't know. I've never heard of that. I mean, it was just a laundry list. And and to your point, I was thinking, you know, we could sell her probably anything within her budget 
and she has not prepared herself to vet that properly and she'd probably pay for it, Mm -hmm. you know? And again, we don't operate that way. We only recommend things that we know will work and that are appropriate for the author too, because we know authors have different um, goals and needs. And some people have boundaries about like, no, I don't want to do that. So it's like, great. We would not recommend you get into it if you have zero interest, you know, but this woman, I felt bad because I said, gosh, if she's reaching out to a lot of different marketing firms, somebody's going to take advantage of the fact that she is, I hate to use the word clueless, but kind of clueless about how this industry works, yet she's ready to spend money. And it was, it's, it's scary. So hopefully we continue to keep working with her and um, Penny, you know, hopefully you'll get to chat with her soon because again, the book seems really great, but it was, it kind of reminded me about how many uh, very smart, very well-meaning people jump into this and just expect to figure it out along the way or reputable people to guide them. And there's, there's a lot of scams out there. So anyway, yeah, there's a lot of scams out there for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the, I tried to put my notes somewhat in chronological order of how things happen, but not educating yourself, you know, it definitely affects your long-term success at the very early stages. You can potentially make the wrong publishing decisions, both in terms of how you publish, like what's right for you, but also decisions about how your product is produced and how those decisions affect the final costs of your book. We've discussed that on different shows about um, book covers and things like that and the type of materials that, you know, some authors are like, oh, I want this kind of binding and I want this kind of paper and all that kind of stuff. And it sounds amazing. And it's all part of like living your dream of publishing a book. But then they find out too late, Penny, right? That they're going to have to charge $30 for their paperback because of all these wonderful things that they had tacked on to the production yeah. of the of the book. <laughs> yeah. And then they go, Oh no, it's too expensive. And it's like, it's kind of hard to backtrack once your book is already out there. So educating yourself on even the basics of pros and cons of the different publishing options, and then also doing a little research and getting some quotes on how your book will be produced. If you are going to go with, um, you know, if, if you're doing print on demand or something like that, like you really want to figure those things out so they don't hurt you in the long run. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, one of the biggest, one of the best ways, I mean, sure, you can read, you can read blogs, you can read, you know, books, you can listen to, po- you know, but I, the thing about it is, is those of you listening to this podcast are probably into self-education. So what I'm going to encourage you to do right now not just to, this is not a promotion to recommend our podcast, but recommend our podcast, but also um, encourage people that you know who are in your writing group or whatever to, you know, go to a writer's conference. You know, um, you can attend them virtually as well. It's a lot more fun to attend them in person. I realize it's travel and hotels and that kind of stuff, but it's a very, it's very much a worthy investment um, to learn about and to talk to other authors and to talk to people in the industry, I mean, you, it will be, it is such a good investment um, mm-hmm. in your, you know, and I talk to authors who come away from writers conferences who are just like, oh my gosh, it's like drinking from a fire hose. It is a little bit overwhelming, but I'll tell you right now, um, the good conferences. And if you reach out, you welcome to reach out to me. I can send you a list of conferences that I just love. Um, they are definitely worth the they're they're worth the investment um, in attending. And I also think the other reason is that we've talked about this before too. There are a lot of 
publishers popping up, a lot of people are putting out their shingle as a publisher that don't really know about publishing or aren't really prepared to invest in the author or maybe in some cases are taking advantage of the author, um, which you and I deal with a lot. And I think if you're, if you were educated, if you educate yourself on this, you know, to ask the right questions and to not step into agreements that you can't get out of or with publishers who are inflexible or that you can't reach or whatever. I talked to an author the other day who has a glorious book. I really, really hope that we get to work with this author. But um, the publisher said to this author, I'm sorry, we can't afford to create a book cover for you. And I told Amy that in text. Obviously, we text a lot during the day. But I told Amy that in text. And Amy wrote back. She was like, I'm not sure I know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that means either. Because I know I feel like we don't have a lot of firsts anymore. But then something like that happens. It's like, okay, that's a first. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think Amy, you and I have talked about, um, you know, doing your research and industry blogs and whatnot. I mean, do you want to, do you want to talk about that a little bit more? Yeah. I mean, I wanted to tack on a couple more of the, oh yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. What to watch out for is because again, like we see this a lot. This next one is we, we definitely see a lot. You know, if you're not educating yourself again, even on the basics, you are much more likely to miss out on critical sales and platform building opportunities that can happen ahead of your release before your book hits the market or even during a pre-order period. We've done shows on pre-orders. We've done shows on early marketing and branding. You can find those. So we won't dig into all of that by any means, but I can't tell you, you know, Penny, you know how many authors we work with that miss their pre-order period. I mean, they go into it going, yes, a pre-order sounds great. And then it never happens because they don't actually understand what a pre-order is. And honestly, researching or even asking a professional, tell me what a pre-order is on Amazon. What do I have to do to set that up? You know what I mean? It's very, it'll take you less than 10 minutes of your life to figure out the basic logistics of getting your book up for pre-order And again, as Penny mentioned, follow blogs, do the research. We've got tons on early marketing and branding. Again, maybe another hour out of your life to just get some ideas of things that you could be doing before your book hits the market that could dramatically affect the launch of your book or the initial success that you see. It's huge. And again, minimal minimal time required, but can make such a big difference in your long-term success by educating yourself on what can happen ahead of it hitting the market. Um, and we, we kind of talked about this. Obviously, if you're not educated, you're much more susceptible to buy into fad or flashy marketing ploys. Um, and that kind of goes along with spending money on marketing that won't serve you. Like you mentioned, Penny, if you really don't know what you need, if you haven't done any research on the kind of typical standard, they're definitely going to serve you sort of marketing strategies to understand what's out there. You're going to buy what sounds good. And usually the stuff that sounds really good is the stuff that's not going to work. You know, I hate to say it, but the flashier somebody makes a service seem and the whole too good to be true. Oh my gosh, that's even under my budget. That sounds great. It's like, 
in my head, those are all kind of red flags, <laughs> you yeah. know, like if it sounds too good to be true, if it's way under budget and if it's something that you saw briefly and you're like, you know what, my book's been out a week, I haven't done anything. I'm just going to buy it and see what happens. That's what we're talking about. Avoiding those kind of situations where all of a sudden, as you mentioned, Penny, you wake up and you realize I've spent all this money on marketing and it hasn't done anything for my book. And it's because you didn't educate yourself on what you should really be looking for. And we've even done shows on the timing of certain marketing, right, Penny? Instead of throwing everything at the launch of your book, spacing out your investment, spacing out your effort, you know, that is that again comes with a little self-education, but can make a huge difference in, in how you budget for the life of your book. Right. Right. Exactly. It is, I, I want to just dig into Amy's comment about the 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 stuff that seems, you know, very, very promising and has this lure and, oh my gosh, this bestseller campaign and all this other stuff. It's very hard to predict what's going to be a bestseller on Amazon. Now we've talked about, you know, Amazon optimization, and there are ways that you can do that with categories and that kind of stuff. But companies that are promising you, we're going to make your book a bestseller, um, usually involves you buying 30,000 copies of your book in some form or fashion. And we've run into this quite a bit. Be oh. cautious of um, companies that really overpromise huge success because that to me is always a red flag. And Amy and I see this a lot, both in just stuff that we run across online, but also authors who come to us who say, you know, I invested all this money and I didn't get anything. Um, and I think part of educating yourself is also, we've talked about this on podcasts before about reading contracts, asking smart questions. Um, and I think aside from, um, doing your research and asking smart questions and reading industry blogs, um, you may want to just pay for some coaching, right. To get, it's definitely a worthy investment. And I do coaching. This isn't me saying, you know, book some time with me at all. Get some coaching. Um, Mm -hmm. If it's really complex, just kind of cut through the noise of publishing and maybe get your very specific questions answered. Right. I agree with you, Penny. And I think one of the things that in, if it's happened to you already, it's fine. It happens to a lot of people. Don't don't feel bad. But again, this is an educational thing. If those of you that haven't released yet, I can't tell you how many people we talk to that come to us because their book just wasn't promoted the right way. And it's like, and I even put that in quotes because we hear that so much where after the fact, people are realizing, I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't prepared for this. I, as Penny, you alluded to, was so excited to get my book out there I was only focused on that. And then all of the other stuff came after the fact. Yeah. And we don't like seeing authors get in that position because it is challenging and it's a harder hill to climb. You know, competing in this industry is already hard enough. But if you don't give your book a fair shot from the get go, it's a lot more challenging than it needs to be for sure. So a little self-education at the onset will kind of help you take advantage of that new release window as well, which can be really critical. Um, people can do great without, you know, an epic, you know, launch by all means, but the amount of work and the kind of work you're doing does shift, you know, depending on the choices you make. So 
if you'd like to make it as easy on yourself as possible, a little self-education goes a long way. And as Penny said, with the coaching, at minimum, a little self-education gives you an idea of the questions you need to ask or what you can't figure out on your own. Because Penny, you mentioned you don't know what you don't know, which is very valid. But sometimes a little self-education will kind of remind you of what you don't really know and what you should, you know, get information on or, you know, get some coaching with a professional so you can kind of fill in those gaps. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's also, I think, as an author, when I hear other authors um, get discouraged because they bought something that costs a lot of money and didn't end up doing anything or they their book launched. Oh, I talked to an author last week who I really hope that we get to work with because his book is great. But the publisher basically gave him a cover and said, this is your cover. And he got no other options for the cover. And the cover was bad. <clears throat> so now he's working to get the, the book back and redo the cover and do that whole thing. But I mean, he's he's lost a lot of time with his project. And frankly, it's also discouraging. I mean, let's face it. It's hard enough to be an author in a world where there are so many books published. You don't need somebody taking advantage of your lack of knowledge and selling you, you know, smoke and mirrors or something that isn't necessarily going to benefit you long term. It's very discouraging. And I, I've seen over the years, I've seen a lot of people give up, which is really a shame because you never know if, you know, if you keep going, if you just like all this motivational stuff, will you, you know, is this book going to be successful? Are you going to be able to give it, give it the shot that it really deserves? Um so some people that we really like in terms of um, education, Jane Friedman, you will absolutely get her blog. You will get the straight shot from her every single time. Um, places like Publishers Lunch and Publishers Weekly are very industry-specific, right? They're not necessarily about, they do talk about trends, but they talk about, you know, books that are being released, um, books that have been acquired, things like that. Jane Friedman does a, she does a, she has a blog on you know, the mechanics of writing. She has a blog on book marketing. She has an industry blog and she has a bunch of classes that she does too. Alliance of Independent Authors is another great one. They do a lot of classes. They have a great blog. Um, they have a, pardon my language, bullshit meter that they take people to task, not necessarily calling out names and stuff, but they do talk a lot about, um, you know, things that are going on in the industry that authors need to be aware of. And then IBPA, which I've been a member of also for years, and they are um, they are built on educating <clears throat> publishers, um, small publishers and authors, but the, pro- the majority of their membership are, are, are authors. So um, I think that, I think that rounds it out, right? I mean, was there anything that yeah, we-, we could go on forever talking about all the things that could potentially, you know, go wrong, but that's kind of a downer. <laughs> right. Right. But the reality is though, education is the solution. Even, even like you said, even just a little bit, that at least gets you started on the right path to figure out, you know, what gaps in your knowledge you need to fill in. Yeah. And like I said, we're not looking for you to get, um, we're not, suggesting that you get a PhD in publishing at all. Um, It's just really about 
making, you know, making good choices and not, um, not doing things that are going to hurt your career, delay your success, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we're always so glad when listeners contact us, we've had a couple of listeners write us recently and just give us feedback. In fact, we had one author who said, I was so, and if, if she hears this, I'm not going to name her on the show, but we really appreciate your note so much. She wrote and said that our podcast on publishing helped her to negotiate a smarter deal with her publisher. And to me, that is absolutely time well spent, both obviously on her part for educating herself, but also I'm so pleased that we were able to present these shows that are that authors are finding helpful and learning from and helping them to, to catapult their success. So thank you so much for tuning in. We love reviews wherever you listen to podcasts. And Amy did a slide over for our Instagram because one of the things that she and I talked about is that ironically, reviewing on, um, you know, reviewing podcasts isn't always easy. Uh, they don't really, ne- uh, you know, Apple doesn't necessarily make it easy. Amy, has that already gone up on our on my Instagram? I w- it will definitely be up by the time the show is live. <laughs> okay, sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Um, no, no worries. I know I'm I'm working on my cool tech stuff, which I am not a cool tech person, but I think it turned <laughs> out pretty good. <laughs> But yeah, it is frustrating. A lot of podcast platforms don't even allow for reviews. Some only allow for ratings, which is better than nothing. But there are plenty out there that don't allow for any of that. So we appreciate it. If you do listen on a platform that allows reviews or ratings, we would love it. Yeah. Yeah. We really appreciate that. We always love your show ideas and we always love your feedback. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.